You're listening to the Asotukan Sessions by Effective, recorded live in Philly. Hey, so this is Glenn Lundy with the Asotukan Sessions. I believe this is what that's called. Yes, something like that. And I am here with Liza Myers Borges from Carter Myers Automotive Group. As far as I'm concerned, the number one automotive group in the world. And Liza. if you say it, then it must be true, Mr. That's Lundy. right. That's how it goes. Liza, how are you? I am doing fantastic. We've had such a great morning so far here at Asotu, and um, I'm just so impressed with Kyle and Paul have put together a really unique conference, and there's just too many things I want to do all at the same time. I know. They've got a lot of things going on, right? Like, there's panels going on, there's speaker sessions going on, we're doing the interviews over here, but that's kind of how they roll, right? Like, when you become a part of Asotu, you see they've got lots of podcasts, they've got lots of emails coming out, they've got lots of events and all these different lots things. Lots of energy. And a lot of energy. Energy, that's for sure. And you actually invested. You're an investor in a Sodu now, right? I am. Talk I to am me about from the that. very beginning. Yeah. What was your um, thought process behind that? I love the idea. I love the whole concept of what Paul and Kyle talk about, about the people in automotive. I just went and picked up my t-shirt that says, love people more than you love cars. Right. And I think I had been speaking this language for a while. And all of a sudden, one day I heard, I, I can't remember if it was Paul or Kyle, because at the, that moment, they both looked alike to me on Clubhouse. They still do. <laughs> they still uh, yep. do. <laughs> and, and I'm listening to one of them talk about how people matter and, and that it's the strength and backbone of our industry. I'm like, wait, who are these guys? Mm. So I started listening to them on Clubhouse, connecting with them a little bit further. Finally had the opportunity to meet them at Digital Dealer in Tampa. And they started talking about this concept of a so and a new media company from for automotive that would speak a different language than I love the other ones. No sure. need to name them. That's right. But there was there was there was a new voice that was ready to be in our industry. Right. And so before they even came up with the concept of investing, I said, I'm in. Let me know when you're ready. That's awesome. I absolutely love that. This idea of people loving people more than we love cars. How do you do that when you have eleven hundred associates 20 how many stores now 23 23 stores you've grown 800 percent in the last 10 years which yes, is amazing sir. how do you still stay connected to that people first mentality when you when, you, when you're so wide and so broad now well it is interesting that we have more people than we have new cars so yeah, that's first start. that is interesting <laughs> isn't it? i haven't even thought about that um you know i I think that it's more important than it ever has been to figure out how to stay connected. But thankfully, we have tools like social media and Clubhouse and digital ways of us connecting, even when we geographically can't be together. Sure. But one of the great ways that we do it is we have a team of, I think, maybe 10 or so people here at Asotu from all seven of our markets, you know, bringing people together. So we do take that opportunity where it can't just be digital relationships. How do we get together in person, spend time together? In fact, on the panel that we just did... Um, uh, I think Paul was asking us, he said, so how do you mentor? How do you grow future leaders? And what's the magic? So, well, there's no one path. Sure. You can't just write on a piece of paper. Here's how you develop and grow future leaders for our industry. But the number one thing that it takes is it takes time. Mm. It takes intentionality and it takes being present with people. And that's not always easy with all of the things that we have flying at us. Sure. But I know that my number one job as, as the leader of, of CMA is to make sure I'm putting the right people in the right seats, that I'm developing and investing in the people who are going to be the future leaders, not just of CMA, but of our industry. Because yeah. Brian Benstock reminded me this morning that we have a responsibility beyond just our company, that our, our company's here 
all of us retailers here and vendors, we don't exist if our industry doesn't continue to be strong and be the place that customers want to do business for their future transportation needs. Yeah, that's very true. And that, that really ties into a conversation you and I had like a month or so ago where we were talking about raising leaders, pouring into leaders, and them going outside of our organization to somewhere else and how that can be a frustrating aspect, but at the same time, satisfying and rewarding to know that we've been able to to make that ripple in the industry, right? Yeah, you know, I, I talk uh, during my um, short presentation this morning, we were talking about how we want to honor innovation and entrepreneurial spirit. That's what our mm. industry was formed upon. It was that entrepreneurial that. spirit. And, you know, as we're having more and more consolidation and as technology is more important in our business processes, we cannot forget that spirit mm. that makes our industry so awesome. And, you know, I think some leaders are nervous or, or, or scared to hire people in that might have aspirations bigger than being a part of their dealership group. Sure. And uh, I shared a couple stories I think are important. You know, one was of a leader who wanted to own their own car dealership, who's now a partner with us at CMA. Right. I think in today's world, that's a better ownership model than a single point dealer. But I also shared a story of a guy we have in our payroll department who has a dream with his fiance of owning a pet grooming and daycare business. Right. And at first I was like, okay, well, why why is he at CMA? Right. Well, you know what? He came in. He's the leader of our payroll department. He has streamlined our processes. He's made us a better company. He's moving to the sales floor this week because he wants to learn the sales side of the business. Right. His fiance works in our accounting department. She's learning how to run books and do payables and receivables. Amazing. And one day they might go start their own pet grooming business. Right. Now I'll probably be their first customer with my two dogs. <laughs> but you know what? They have heart. They have energy. They have ideas. They really care. Right. And I'd rather have someone like that in our business than someone who's just kind of waiting until their next job comes around. It's almost like a new look at this idea of turnover, right? Like we forever, we say we don't want turnover. We want to keep our turnover numbers as low as possible. But maybe with technology and innovation and creative mindsets, we can create a path where turnover is actually a good thing for everybody. Involved. There's good turnover That's and there's right. bad turnover, right? I mean. Yeah, yeah, good turnover. That's interesting. It's a great way to, 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 to look at it. Your model, Liza, you go wide. You're buying lots of dealerships. How many have you bought in the last 10 years? Oh, 10 years would have been 2012. So we were at seven stores then and we're at 23 now. So 15 in the last 10 years. Yeah, you've bought quite a few stores. And there is rumors and talk of this consolidation piece that you mentioned, right? And so some people are saying three to five to seven years from now, we could have half as many franchise dealers in some of the domestic, or on some of the domestic sides that we have right now. So as you're continuing to scale wide, do those thoughts go through your head? Is there any fear, trepidations? Or what are you hearing maybe from the manufacturers as you're making these deals that keeps you optimistic to continue to grow and scale out? Such a good question. I think it's all of us leaders in this industry are thinking about that right now. And two points that I would say. First, we are being very intentional with the brands that we're looking to represent. I think some of our manufacturers and OEMs value the dealer partners more than others. Sure. Tom Dahl was here this morning talking about retailers and the, and the incredible respect and value that he has, that we are the, actually the ones selling cars, not the manufacturer. Right. So they're a great example. Sure. So one, we're intentional about the, which manufacturers we partner with. 
The second thing is looking at the size of the market. We made some mistakes. We went into a really small market uh, one time that I don't think is a viable market long term. Mm -hmm. We ended up selling the store, did real nicely with it. It just, I didn't see the long term picture for that particular market. We like medium sized markets where they're big enough to support a good sized business, a good employment base, a large enough consumer base that we feel that we can put down some roots. We like that size market also because community and people matter. And we do understand that for us to be in business, we've been in business for 98 years. If we're going to be in business for another 98 years, consumers have to want to do business with us. No doubt. And I think in these medium-sized markets, it's big enough for us to have a footprint, to put down roots, to employ a lot of people, and to make a difference in a community. And then the last thing in those size communities, there's really not a lot of public transportation. The, mm. the ownership model of a car, I don't see going away. It might, it's going to look different. Sure. There's no question. Sure. But I think that in some of the metro areas, they may need fewer dealerships. Um, but in the size markets we're in, I think we have a pretty good niche. Yeah, that's pretty smart. I hadn't thought about public transportation versus having to own kind of your own vehicle. It's really smart. You're a very smart lady, Miss Liza. Very strategic in Just a lot of the things Just learn from others. I do. listen a lot. Yeah, you're a great listener, right? A great student. And you put it into action. So speaking along those lines, you've obviously faced a lot of challenges growing from seven stores, actually even less than that originally, right, um, to where you're at. And you've solved a lot of problems. There are Many dealers out there that face struggles and issues, sometimes bang their head against the wall. You've learned lots of things. What is one thing that you could say, like you could hang your hat on, I struggled with this at one point, I figured it out, and I think we got it, and it's really been an integral part of you being successful? So when we went from seven stores to 10, that leap right in there from 2010 to 2013, um, there was some fluctuation in our business model about how much do we do consistently across the whole company? What do we mandate as yeah. CMA and what do we leave to the individual dealership? Mm -hmm. um, I loved the fact that our company had built, been built on general managers and, and partners in our stores that, as I mentioned, had that entrepreneurial spirit. Each of our dealerships was named something different. Right. Heritage Chevrolet, Gateway Hyundai, Volvo of Charlottesville, <laughs> Valley Honda. Right. People, did, people had no idea that they we were, were one company. Yeah. So I think what we've really figured out, and, and we're not done, sure. is, is understanding what are the areas to scale and what are the areas that need to be unique to that market and to that dealership. Mm. And so we did a rebrand. We put everybody under the CMA umbrella. That was a big win, right. huge right. from a recruiting standpoint, from just the awareness of our customers and our OEMs. Yeah. But the we wait have, online, all of yeah, those things. Yeah, all of those things were so yeah. important. But we've also learned that the, the processes, some of the marketing, um, even some of the pay plans and the way that cost of living is different in each of our markets has to be more market driven. Sure, sure. And so I think we figured out what to scale and where we need to leave it up to the market and to that leader. Because what I don't want to do is become a large, let's say, public type company where we hire a general manager and we hand them a playbook and we expect them to follow it. Yeah. I have no desire to be a part of a company like that. Yeah. That, that does not sound fun to me. Well, it doesn't sound people focused. So I think we figured out that piece. Um, I think the other piece that we have figured out over the years is what size markets 
what type of brands, what I was just saying as far as where I think the future's going. Yeah. We've dabbled in that. We've gone back and forth. And I think we've come out with a really good strategic plan where we can sit down with someone and say, this is the area that we're trying to grow in. Yeah. That's really the first time I've ever heard that. And I talked to a lot of dealers. I've never really heard someone specifically with the type of market based on those factors that you just shared right there. I think that's a little golden, golden nugget right there. But that's awesome. The thought process of one versus still allowing people to be individuals. I think that that ties into more than just a brand. It's what we need to do in our dealerships, right? Like we have the whole team, but yet we have to leave enough space for people to be individuals. And it's different talking with maybe you versus a Benstock, how he does that, or even a Brad Wise. Like Brad Wise is really all about you know, he's got everybody on a different pay plan. In, in his, in, in, his payroll people do not like him. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure they don't, right? But it's bringing out the individuals and allowing them to really excel and grow. How important has that been, getting people in the right seat? I know you've done a lot of moves. You've promoted a lot of people from within the organization. You've hired from outside when you needed to, to bring into that. So how does that play into this, the overall success formula, making sure the individuals are in the right seat for them? Yeah. Um, first off, I think there's an important combination of internal promotions and bringing people in from the outside. You know, there was a moment where I, th I felt we should always be promoting internally. Sure. Well, sometimes when you do that, you don't get different perspectives and different lenses and, and different ideas that might come from outside the industry or other dealer groups. So there's got to be a balance there. But at the same time, we do measure it. And I want to make sure that if we start seeing that 70% of our openings are being filled from the outside, then I start questioning what's happening inside. Right. Where have we not invested? Where have we not identified skill sets that we need to help them grow so they're ready for these new opportunities? A best case scenario, when we go into a new market or a new dealership, hopefully we've got great people that we're bringing in from the acquisition. And then if we can kind of infiltrate it with just a couple people that really understand the CMA culture, understand the way we want to do business, that's kind of a perfect scenario for a new store. Sure. Um, but the way that we do that is we do a lot of non-traditional leadership training. You're a big part of that. Well, thank you. Know, you know, uh, years ago, you know me well enough to know this is true. I thought if we did leadership training, we need to sit in a conference room for 10 hours and I want written action plans at the end of it and I want to know what's happening. Right. That, that doesn't surprise me one bit. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> and I now have learned that getting people outside of their dealerships, even sometimes on a lake, falling off paddle boards, swimming around pontoon che boats, cheating with life jackets. <laughs> You really get to understand people and you get to see their drive. And, you know, that day on the lake is the day that we got every general manager to agree and to agree financially that their dealerships would pay for a full-time recruiter to only focus on hiring technicians. That's right. And it's something we've been talking about for years and didn't have a solution for. But sitting on the back of that boat, getting everybody together, we all agreed. And that recruiter brought in 100 students Incredible. to shadow our technicians in the first quarter of this year and help parent nights in each of our markets. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm reformed. I understand. That's amazing. And that's one of the things about you, Liza, is you have a very, uh, you're willing to change. There's no ego that ever gets in the way. It's all about what's best for the associates, what's best. I, I, I'll even say, I won't say what's best for the company. It's all about what's best for the associates. That's always if it's best for heart. the associates, it's best for the company. You're 100, yeah, you're 800% accurate about that. <laughs> 
but I love that. You're one of the best, Liza. Thanks for spending some time with me today here on a Soto Con Sessions. Our 15 minutes is up. It goes by just like that. So what's next? What are you going to go do now? I can't wait for the rest of the conference. I think that there's a people session coming up next. Imagine that that actually attracted me. And Shocker. Um, Shocker. I think I also want to go back and watch a little bit of the end of Pitch Tank if I can get back there. Beautiful. Love it, Liza. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Asotucon session by Effective. If you want more content like this, you can check out our other podcasts. We have a daily show called The Automotive Troublemaker, Monday through Friday, here on podcasts, also live streamed on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook. We also have a long form podcast called Auto Collabs. Auto Collabs. And if you just want to go a little deeper into this community, you should sign up for our regular email. We put our heart and soul into it. You can get it for free by going to asotu.com. We'll see you next time.